Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So in today's episode, I chat with Lauren Scully. So it was lovely to catch up with Lauren. We were away together at the International Fitness Summit um, the weekend before and then having a little catch up after being spending the weekend together was lovely because um, we chatted about all things while we were away and it was really great then to just kind of sit down and do it in podcast format as well. So Lauren Scully is an online coach. And she is owner of Lean with Lauren, which is her coaching service. And she helps to she helps women overcome binge eating and enjoy really tasty food that's low calorie, high protein while um, working towards their fat loss goals. And she does it so well. And if you go onto her page, which I'll share in the show notes, you will see the amount of tasty recipe ideas she puts up is absolutely amazing. And her tips are so fantastic. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. We talk about all things like we talk about everything really so we start we kind of talk about nutrition in general the importance of healthy sustainable habits we talk a bit about the weighing scales and kind of your relationship with the scales and her thoughts around that we talk about binge eating so we spend a good time talking about binge eating she tells her story of um her experience with binging and uh, body dysmorphia and kind of a lot of disordered eating patterns going on there and she um so she tells her story and how she ever how she overcame her struggles and then also gives really useful tips for how you can start making changes if you are someone that is struggling with binging and she talks about how important it is to know that it's normal and it's a lot more common than you think and you're not alone and she gives really really good practical tips and then we talk a little bit about training as well and um, what the gym means to her and what exercise in general uh, does for her. So a uh, really great conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did and I will t- chat to you all soon. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's good to be on. I feel like we finally got this. We've just been flat out the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Yeah, no, it's mad. And it's cool because we're actually, this is just like a little catch up after us spending the long weekend at IFS together. It's um, it's cool to catch up. And I know you're like, this feels weird doing a podcast talking to you. But... I know. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you a couple of weeks ago that we spent a whole weekend together and now we're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, I know we wanted to get the podcast in first um like in a way to kind of get to know each other and then go away but I think it's worked out well this way yeah I think we'll be able to get into things a bit better so anyway I suppose for anyone who doesn't know you and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who do follow you on TikTok or Instagram or wherever they're watching their videos but if you want to just give a little bit of background I suppose about you what you do and then kind of the background that brought you to where you are now my name is Lauren um, my program is Lean with Lauren. It was actually a funny joke when I was doing my PT course. The guy who was teaching the course was actually like, imagine he calls it Lean with Lauren. And I was like, ah. Oh! So I ended up calling it Lean with Lauren and then it just stuck. So that's my name on socials and stuff. And um, a bit of background would be I actually started off doing marketing. So like I used to do like promotions and stuff for Coca Cola and I worked in like restaurants pubs and stuff my whole life and nightlife but I always like loved the gym um and while I was managing restaurants I became PT well I didn't really become a PT I just did the PT course like your standard course and then COVID happens I start posting online and then I kind of just fell into it a little bit I was doing marketing at the same time for a while but probably because people were like oh you need to have a proper job and like I don't know for some people at the start when you first become a PT and all it's very much like everything is commissioned like you work for what you get like don't get like paid like a set wage so I always kind of wanted to have a bit of a safety net so it took me a while to like fully transition across. This is literally only in the past couple of months is when I've actually 100% only done coaching. And now I'm fully online, just coaching. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, I feel like there's so many people who have this COVID story, like I mean, like yeah. when COVID hit, it's like literally like we get like a chance to stop and think, like, what am I doing with my life? What do I actually want? And even if you kind of fell into it by accident because you were at home and you kind of yeah. probably had nothing to do and you were like, I, I'll just jump into this. Um, it's funny how things work out, isn't it? It's mad because COVID was such like 
a negative thing for most people and for me a part of it was negative like I developed like this is when I turned to binging and this is when like all of this stuff happens was actually in COVID for me so like I know we're gonna probably tap into that but COVID was a game changer for me but it like as in like it created like a new path for me but it also had like a lot of negatives as well like so I do think it's important for people to know that like COVID wasn't positive for everybody like I'm so happy it happened and I'm so happy we we kind of went through that but it did have a lot of negatives as well I feel like because it was the first time when we were given a time to slow down and I'm always operating at like a million miles an hour even when I was in college I always had like two jobs and I just don't like to sit still and kind of come back to that now like I'm always doing something so in COVID when all I had to focus on was workouts and following a plan I actually got a a coach in COVID I'll give you a bit of backstory then right so COVID happened and I had a coach because I was doing my PT course and I wanted to become a PT and I thought oh, if I'm gonna become a PT I need to be as lean as possible like because I was lean with Lauren so I thought I need to get as lean as possible so I signed up to a coach but I'm the type of person that if I'm following something I put like 100 million percent into it so I was following everything to a T but I think I just got way 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 too obsessed with it all like I was too much in the game if that's the thing and so that definitely had like a negative effect on my health even though at the start I was starting it for the right reasons I think I just got a little bit too obsessed um and then off the back of it I developed binging for a while yeah no that's so interesting and um because like, that actually brings me to your social media I was going to ask you um you have a picture on your page of you like when you were much younger and you were bigger and then like in the middle picture you've got like a like a really thin picture of yourself and then on the right hand side when you're looking at it, um is is you now so where, where you're you're still lean but you've built muscle you look really healthy so is that middle picture from that time when you when you hired that coach COVID yeah yeah the middle picture was COVID so basically before COVID I would have said I was like just normal at a normal weight like I like I just look normal and then in COVID I had this obsession with that I wanted to be super lean and I wanted like six pack and stuff like that but I never had any muscle underneath so I think it was, there was a bit of confusion <laughs> like if someone came to me like that now I'd be like like you don't need to get any leaner you need to build a bit of muscle do you know what I mean you need muscle under your lit, little tiny bit of body fat to even show anything for when you shred the last bit off but the problem for me was I was in a fat loss phase but I didn't really have much fat to lose and when I lost that bit of fat I literally looked unwell yeah and I think that's a huge misconception with people and I know with clients when we get to the stage where um body weight is quite low you know there's not much body fat left to lose but they're like no I still want to lose weight and it trying to kind of communicate it's like you want to look leaner but in order to do that you're going to have to build muscle and in order to build muscle you're going to have to eat more calories over a period of time and it can be really confusing especially like when we come from this diet culture of constant restriction restriction in order to look you know women should look small and to be small you have to eat less and move more and just like I'm just trying to move people away from this and be like we want to eat to fuel our bodies we we want to yeah it's okay to look good and it's great to have body composition goals but we need to put our health first we need to realize that to to look healthy and to to look strong and to look lean which in turn will you'll actually you're actually going to look quite small anyway when you are lean you need muscle and that involves eating more so like it's I, just people's minds just yeah. be blown with that concept and I think like sometimes it is okay to go on a diet like I do think that's fine like I'm going to like Dubai in a couple of weeks so I'm on like a mini cut but it's only a mini cut like it's really like only for like a couple of weeks and then I just got back to baseline I think the problem with some people is they're constantly in a calorie deficit and that's unhealthy like you shouldn't constantly be trying to eat less do you know what I mean like that's unhealthy and I feel like it probably does go back to like I have a, a lot of girls who come on board and as soon as they come on board they're like I need to restrict 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 when they actually don't they probably just have to eat like more of the right foods and I always say to people like no foods 
is good or bad and I think we all have this mentality of thinking that oh if I I can't have this and I can't have that where realistically you can have everything if you understand it like if you understand the nutrition behind it you can have a bolognese you can have pasta you can have burgers you just have to make them healthier do you know what I mean it's just about your choices and I feel like when people are trying to be like if they want to get more lean but they want to keep it up in the long term it's better to do that slowly and it's better to just change their habits and create a healthier lifestyle as opposed to constantly being on this super restrictive diet yeah and I think as well for most people like just say like your average person listening and they let's say they've got three stone to lose so it's not a case of like you know yeah you're going to Dubai in a few weeks and you, you want to go on a little mini cook because you want to look as lean as possible which is fine when you don't have that much body fat on your body but someone who yeah. has three stone to lose there's no point in going on a quick efficient diet like it, it's just it's because this is where the the you fall into the trap of constantly being on a diet and spending your whole adult life even teen life adult life on a diet because you're constantly restricting too much because you think you have to and then you can't stick to it so then you binge or you just fall back into your old habits and you, you're in this vicious cycle and you're never actually getting anywhere and this is where it really does come down to small like you said eating foods you enjoy, making them slightly healthier, just putting a little bit of structure to your food and getting into a slight deficit. Like, you know, I'm, I always kind of say three to 500 calories below maintenance. That obviously yeah. is gonna, your maintenance is going to be different. So everyone's calories are going to be different. And if you have three stone to lose, like if that's going to take you a year or two years or whatever it's going to take, do it in a way that's enjoyable. So you can actually enjoy your life. You don't, you, you know that you're really empowering yourself. You're getting stronger. You're getting fitter. You're, getting, you're losing body fat, but yeah. it doesn't feel like a chore. The biggest thing that I see is the issue at the moment, and it's when I take the girls on, is they think that they're only having 1,200, 1,400, 1,000, whatever calories. So when they come on my team and I put them up to a calorie deficit, which is like around like 1,700 or so, right? Let's say that that's like an average for a woman everybody's different I'm not saying I give that to everybody but let's say they're on that they instantly think oh my god that's too much food but what they're not taking into account is every single extra snack they've had the Chinese they've had at the weekend the extra drinks like they definitely haven't been having 1000 or 1300 or whatever it is calories a day consistently and I always go back to saying to people I'm like but if you were having that you would not look the way you are now and like it just I know it's like this massive shift in your mindset and it only comes down to it when you actually start to track the calories you're more aware of what you're having whereas realistically back when they're probably having the 1200 calories or 1400 they probably weren't tracking that consistently so therefore it even though in their heads they think they're having that they think they're going to gain weight from this this is what I get because I get some girls when they're in college let's say they're 18 or whatever it is 20s early 20s and I'm having them at 1700 1800 they're like oh my god I'm going to gain weight and they don't trust it at the start so I'm like you're definitely not going to gain any weight I'm like no way I'm like that's even 1700 calories when you're doing your training and everything like that's a huge deficit you don't really need yeah, to take like that's you low can. if you're if you're training yeah if you're training and if you just say you're talking about young girls in college if you're yeah. you know in your in your early 20s late teens early 20s and you're training hard that's that's quite a, a low calorie total like so and it's amazing people's mindsets and like I used to do this years ago like me and my sister used to go to like Slimming World and Weight Watchers and the whole lot and like we'd um you know, like we get, go for a weigh in on a Saturday morning. So I think I was saying, I must have been saying this. I was talking to Evan there last week. I, I was saying it to him. Um, so people listening to this have heard the story already, but um, it's just kind of relevant here. I used to have like a few drinks on a Friday night, like a few glasses of wine on a Friday night. So I'd get up on Saturday morning and be really dehydrated. So I'd weigh lighter on the scales. I'd go and, go and get weighed at one of the slimming clubs I can't remember which one it was now at that time and then me and my sister go off to Tesco and we buy donuts and crisps and like chicken fillet rolls and we like wouldn't like we'd literally have a cheat day and we'd spend all day like eating whatever we wanted and we'd have movie night and eat loads of shit and then like get back to it again then the next day but like thousands of calories and we did it for years and people nowadays yeah and people nowadays have this massive obsession with the scales and it's because of clubs 
like that I genuinely think it is because of that and like the biggest thing that I say to people is like I actually have a thing that I do that gets away from that I say weigh yourself more if you're afraid of the scales and do it more like if you're afraid to do let's say I'm learning cross for handstands at the moment if I'm afraid to put put my legs over my head the more times I keep trying to kick my legs up the more I'm over coming the fair so if you were to step on the scales each day some people might think that's an obsession but that's where they're missing the point it's not an obsession you're trying to do it more so then you're aware of the fluctuations and then you're not freaking out on the one day for when you do stand on it it should be an average of the week like your scale weight is not a reflection of your progress I have some girls in the plan and they could be on the plan for a month or so and they might have lost like two kg and to them they might think that that's a lot that's a lot that can change somebody's body composition so i I feel like people are are looking at transformations online and they're not a true reflection of people's progress i said like for example me myself right i'm lean most of the year like i'm like this is just the way i am so even with this little cup before dubai someone might look at that position that i've got myself in in four weeks or whatever that is not just four weeks that's me following my healthy lifestyle for the last couple of months and then four weeks a little bit more of a tougher cup do you know what I mean so like when people are looking at these transformations online and quick fixes there's a lot that's gone on in the background first it's like when someone does really well with coaching they didn't just become an online coach like that there was loads of work they did in the background first before they've gotten to the position they're in now I, I feel like people have to get that with like their fat loss journey as well like a lot of the time I'll even just say to girls at the start just see the first month is focusing on creating your healthy habits because if you have those in place from the start everything else will follow through yeah and I think when we see people online as well especially coaches or you know people you know fitness people online um, people don't realize that that's years of like uh, well, first of all a lot of these women have some serious muscle on their body they look really yeah. fit and toned but like that's been years of like r- like intense strength training like um, doing periods of you know being in a calorie surplus to build muscle and then um, pulling back being in a calorie deficit to lose a bit of body fat see what's there go again build more and um, that's yeah. cycles of building and so that's not constant dieting into account my shoulders right I get messages now being like oh my god your shoulders I'm like well thank god I've got a definition now because Jesus I remember I used to work in Nando's and one of the guys goes to me do you go to the gym and I was like yeah and he was like you don't look like you go to the gym I was like oh. that was literally I would have went to the gym for years and seen zero results first it took me a very long time to see any form of definition and it took me from being in loads of different phases as well like to even see any change at all so I sometimes be like to people this isn't I didn't get shoulders definition in my shoulders from doing one set of exercises or one specific thing at the gym it was nothing got to do with that it's been the consistency of my training over years that I finally have some sort of definition Jesus like that's where I think it's funny when people think that it's the same goes for I I think I'm going off topic here but when people message me and they're like yeah so I just want to focus on this part of their body I'm like okay any person who you are messaging right now if anybody tells you that they can just focus on that part of your body I said they're lying to you I said what I can do is I can help you achieve fat loss but I can't help you achieve fat loss in that one spot because I don't know if it's going to come off in that one spot I can try but I can't you need to be in a calorie deficit it's going to come off across your body different people lose different fat in different places do you know what I mean so this is where like I think there's so much confusion for people yeah no there's so and there's so much information out there there's so many assholes out there on the internet selling some sort of product or like you know telling you oh yeah like body blast your your abs or your ass or whatever and you're like it's it is such bullshit and it's just for people even like I get clients coming to me like I really want to target my tummy or I really want you know I'm like we can't like like you said fat loss comes about by being in a calorie deficit so that's getting more steps in that's reducing the amount of calories that you're having upping your protein to make that more manageable and doing it consistently over time we can't pick it's very much down to genetics 
where it's going to come off first like you know like for me it like it'll always come off my face first and kind of my boobs and my last part that I'll always lose body fat is my lower tummy and kind of my upper thighs and ass which is for a lot the same for most women because that's where we tend to like I'm the opposite. I lose it in my legs I get really small legs and this is where it kind of annoys me sometimes it can go the other way so like I'm happy the way I am I actually don't like when people also are commenting on people saying, oh, well, maybe you should go into a gaining phase. You don't always have to be in a phase. People can just actually just enjoy their life. Not everybody is into constantly tracking things. I, like, in the last year, this is only past four weeks is probably the first time I've actually even started tracking my calories in a long time I just eat and train for fun now like I don't constantly track everything and you would have known from being away with me I eat similar foods even if I go to a different country my famous thing would be I'll look for a chicken pit somewhere like I just so set in my ways like I have if I'm going to an all you can eat breakfast like when we went for breakfast I'll still go and get my oats with the fruit with the yogurt with the Nutella because that's what I enjoy and it's just kind of what I stick to and for me it is just a lifestyle I like to keep my steps up I like to have my water I like to go to bed at the same time come with granny like I feel like for some people they think they're going to develop all these healthy habits for the eight weeks and then after the eight weeks everything's going to stop and that's why I think it's so important that when when you start okay things do I'm I know everybody on Instagram is like, oh, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be a challenge. It is supposed to be uncomfortable and it's supposed to be a challenge, but not to the extreme that you can never keep this up. Do you know what I mean? That you can never carry on some of the healthy habits past the four or the six or the eight weeks. You should be able to continue on or else why are you doing it for? This is for like the average person I'm talking about. Like a quick, yeah. a quick cut. I understand if you're pushing, if you're somebody like me, you're not going to constantly be like that. But for somebody who comes to you or me for fat loss, we deal with the general population. They're coming to develop healthy habits that hopefully they can pass on to their kids and their husbands can exactly. eat the healthier dinners and stuff like that. Not not beyond this, let me measure out everything every single day for the rest of my life. I don't agree with that. Yeah, and I, I don't agree with the point when people say that it has to be hard and it has to be uncomfortable. I don't think it has to be. I think there's a certain... I think it has to be a little bit, I just think, a little bit. I think that you have to step out of your comfort zone. But I think there's a difference between stepping out of your comfort zone and living uncomfortably. So, you know, you're stepping out of your comfort zone. You're trying, you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Or I don't, I don't like exercise. I don't like fruit. I don't, you know, you have to step out of your comfort zone and try different things. Have an open mind. Do things I agree with that Kate but I think some people are too comfortable and they like I think this is where the coach comes in to be like right something has to give because I often get girls to come on board and for I'll take my own page for example I show meals with like easy single cheeses and fakeaways and like how to be healthier and all the all of the meals but I'm like girls something does have to give there has to be some form of sacrifice yes it's okay to eat all of the the food but for you to see results you still to be in a calorie deficit so I'm not saying eat five fakeaways a week and then on the weekend still have your takeaway do you know what I mean like I'm like like eat some clean food too so that's where I feel like that's too comfortable I'm not a person to like eat chicken and broccoli every day but I do think you should eat some chicken and broccoli for your for your micronutrients from the broccoli and like do you know what I mean to get some health food into you I always say to people that's a big misconception if you're looking at someone's Instagram page that's their highlight reel if I eat boiled eggs in the morning with chicken I'm not going to put that up as a reel who wants to know how to cook two boiled eggs with chicken so you have to understand that every single person is completely different and if you can't just watch someone's instagram and think every day i'm gonna have weedabix with rollos and then i'm gonna have a chicken curry for my lunch and then i'm gonna have taco bolognese for dinner and then i'm gonna have a junk bowl like come on that's not very healthy and yeah. i think that's where people go wrong and that's where there's like a misconception online and i do get it from some people who are maybe small-minded they'll come on to some they'll come on to some of my posts and they'll be like she's promoting health I'm not telling somebody to eat that every single day I'm just saying you can have some of this but you also should have some of that yeah you know what I mean and yeah and I think like I think you have a really good point there and it is you know it's a case that we are you when you, you need to look at your why why are you actually doing this why are you doing this coaching why are you making these changes in your life and it is 
for most people it is to do with setting good habits for their kids being healthy so they're around for their kids so they can keep up with their kids you know it's usually all or like and if they don't have kids just in general because they want to feel healthy they want to have lots of energy for their lifestyle so they can live live their best lives basically so yes you, you need to step out of your comfort zone but I think and I, I firmly believe that as we put new healthy habits in place they need to be enjoyable so because yeah if they're not enjoyable you're not going to keep them up like and at the end of the day and that doesn't mean that something like if you start out and you're like oh I'm going to go to the gym and strength train like upper lower um four days a week and you've never gone to the gym before that yeah. might be too much you might overwhelm yourself and give up like no I, I don't like the gym whereas if yeah, I also find like let's say if there's someone and they're a nurse or whatever they work as like they have like a busy job and then they see me getting up at five o'clock in the morning and they're like right gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning every day I'm like that only suits me because of my lifestyle don't just implement this healthy habit of waking up at the crack of dawn because that might might not work for you another one is journaling I love writing out what I'm grateful for each day and having affirmations for some people that's an absolute chore and they're like oh I have to get the journal I need to write it out and I'm like if you feel like that when you're doing it don't do it like it's not this magic thing say it in your head you don't need to physically get the journal and write it out I feel like sometimes there's so many things online that everybody thinks that we all have to be doing the same like you do you definitely don't have to be doing that whatever works for you works for you and I think that's important too so yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and I think with the journaling like I'd, I kind of encourage my clients to do some sort of journaling but more even kind of in reflection to how like how, like how their day has gone so like I wouldn't necessarily always be structured sometimes it might be yeah like I want to write down something I'm grateful for today which they would do in their check-in forms anyway and um other like sometimes I say to people sometimes if you're really stressed just get the shit out of your head onto the page and then it's out yeah. so sometimes journaling can be literally just writing out your feelings even if they are negative like this kind of I was talking to someone before god I can't remember at the stage I think it might have been Kelly Hunt I was talking to about um negative journaling and how that that is a thing because sometimes we can be like we can be overfed all this positive everything's perfect thing like you said online that just sometimes just getting shit out of your head or also like scheduling and writing lists and planning that is a form of journaling as well because again it's yeah. just getting stuff out of your head structuring things and the more you get out the more space you have to take in new things yeah I agree yeah Anyway, I want to go on and talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned it at the start, about binge eating and kind of your experience yeah. of that. Because I do have a lot of ladies that do struggle with this and I would, I would get a lot of questions in relation to this. And I know that you have a lot of really valuable advice here. Mm -hmm. So there's two different types of binging and sometimes you can have a mix of both. So some people, they binge because of restriction. So if you restrict, 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 your body eventually wants the food or it wants what it can't have and it turns it, it turns the binge in. Or the second one could be like emotional binging. So you could actually have a normal diet. There's nothing wrong. Your body is getting all of the nutrients, but you are using food as a coping mechanism, okay? And this is where like, this can be learned from a child. Like if you have your birthday par party, you're giving cake to celebrate. If you fall and you hurt your knee, you're giving a lollipop. So you instantly think, okay, right. If something bad happens, I'm going to have foods as a result of that. Or if something good happens, I'm going to have food as a result of that. So just know if anybody is listening to this and if they do suffer from binging, it's normal and it's very, very, very common. And a lot of people do not speak about it, but there is help and you shouldn't have to go through it for the rest of your life. Also, I do feel like a lot of people who overcome binge and think that they'll never get the triggers again it's normal to still get the triggers but it's like you have developed ways to not give in to the triggers and it all comes down to like retraining your brain there's actually a very good book called brain over binge and it was one of the first books that I had read like years ago in the depth of my binge because the biggest thing for me was I didn't know how normal binging was and it makes you feel absolutely disgusting and I was ashamed so I never told anybody about 
about the binging at the start and I kind of just did it in secret and then when I read the book and when I listened to a podcast by Jordan Saya as well he's amazing and he used to interview a lot of his clients and they would speak about their struggles so for anybody again listening to this Jordan Saya is amazing go listen Jordan Saya okay I'll get you to to text me that name so and I'll put it into the show notes yeah he's very very good because you can listen to people who he has helped and just by listening to their stories it helps you see how normal binging is and then you might actually reach out to somebody Okay, and then I don't know if you want me, I'll just start getting into myself then, right? So the binging for me as a person was down to, so I would have went in and out of diets all of my life, right? And I never had a problem with binging. I used to just kind of restrict to go to Ibiza. I would reduce my calories down to like 800, not 900,000 a day. And I know that sounds really, really, really low, but I didn't care because I was getting my ideal body to wear my teeny tiny bikini at ocean beach and then I'd come back and I'd just go back to baseline so I never binged I was going back to college I didn't really care how I looked in college and I just went back to normal and the same cycles would go again that that's not really binging that's just not but being very healthy or nice to myself so then when covid happened and i went on that restrictive plan this was when i was given a meal plan so the meal plan told me this is what you're having for breakfast this is what you're having for lunch this is what you're having for dinner and it was the same every day might change might have some cocoa pops on your training day that you didn't have on that day so one of the meals would change but it was nearly having exactly the same food every single day without breaking it when you get into that mentality of thinking I need to eat this every single day and you're eating exactly the same thing over and over and over again if you even have a piece of orange I remember at one stage of watermelon I was like am I allowed to have watermelon it was like no so like if you eat anything that is off that plan your brain is thinking I cannot have that and your brain starts to associate the food on the plan as good and the food off the plan as bad eventually when you come off a plan like that I'm not saying nobody should ever go on a meal plan yes you should but you should have a plan for after the meal plan to get to reverse diet or you should have a coach working together to help because a lot of people that go on a meal plan and they don't know how to come off it and if they follow the plan to a T like me they'll feel like they're a bad person when they start to eat these foods when they come off so that's what happened to me so I knew like I thought I've I definitely had body dysmorphia. I didn't see what everyone else was seeing. My mom, my dad, everyone was like, are you okay? I was so angry. I was so cranky. I was tired. My training was shit. We didn't have gyms because it was COVID. So I was doing How the workout. How many calories were you on? Sorry, to interrupt. So on one day, it was like 1,400, I'd say. But I was doing like 12 kilometer runs um, and doing a training session. So like I was barely on nothing. Right. And the other day, it would have been like 1,600 something. Yeah. Um, so it was extremely low. I lost my time in a month. Um, everything was gone. I looked really sick, but I didn't see that. I kept being like, anybody say anything to me? I was like, guys, I'm following my plan. Leave me alone. Like I'm being a PT, blah, blah, blah. So eventually, when I finally listened to people, this is actually funny. How I actually came over it was, I was with my little sister. She's a couple of years young, young, younger than me. And I was showing her pictures on Instagram. She kept being like, Lauren, you're too skinny. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So I was like, right. Went on to Instagram, looked through a couple of girls' pictures. And I was like, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I want to be like that. And my little sister's like, Lauren, you're skinnier than them. And I did not see it until she actually, smart little sister, made a collage of me with the other girls. And I was like, <gasps> I was like oh my God. And it wasn't until she put me with somebody else. And I know that's bad. You shouldn't compare yourself to anybody. But th- this little hack did work. So if anybody has somebody who they want to help, maybe they could do that. Literally put a picture of them next to somebody who they are aspiring to and just let them see their body dysmorphia. It wasn't until my sister showed me me next to a couple of random people that I realized, oh, wow, I actually am really, 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 really small. So I came off the plan and I thought I was going to start trying to be healthy myself. And every time I was trying to be healthy myself, if I ate something that wasn't in my head healthy 
I would binge. So I would feel the need to like eat to the point of I needed to get sick because I thought in my head, oh, well, if I just get sick, it's not going to make any difference. Like the food's going to come out. Anybody listening to this, please don't do that. It's really, really not good for your gut health. It messed up my, my, my gut for a long time afterwards. It's really unhealthy. I now have IBS. I don't know if that was <laughs> caused by that. We'll never know. But I really don't recommend anybody making themselves get sick after doing anything so like that. Not only, not only did you eat to the point of feeling sick, you were eating to the point of making yourself sick. I like was perfectly in my head I thought the science of it or like I thought it just was practical to if I'm going to eat this food I might as well overeat so I can get sick so then the calories don't matter that's how I was doing it everything was like a mathematical equation for me like I'd be like calories in calories out that's how I would do things if I didn't do that I would run or I'd do some form of training to get rid of it so it definitely did not have a healthy relationship with food at all and this wasn't saying that I was eating Chinese or having a Domino's pizza or having anything like that was high 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 calories this was like if I had like a sandwich like I had a really really bad relationship with food I've seen everything I often get girls on Instagram saying oh can you have pasta can you have this can you have that in my head I couldn't have anything like I literally had to stick to the plain basics so that happened for a while um, and I slowly kind of like came away from it but I came away from it by kind of just not having those foods for a while and some people agree with this and some people don't agree there's foods that are like tr- trigger foods for people and back then for me it would be like if I had Domino's pizza I swear they put something in that pizza that makes you want to eat loads but Domino's pizza would be one that I wouldn't be able to have a couple of slices I'd have to finish the whole thing and it was more the mindset of of knowing that I was never allowed to have Domino's pizza and if I had it once in the week I'd be like I could never have that again in the week so therefore, why don't I just finish the whole thing and start again? And I feel like this is the mindset that loads of people are in. Even if they don't suffer with binging, they might suffer with overeating. And you're overeating because you feel as if that food's gone. So after this one day, I don't agree with people saying cheat days. I say to my girls, if you want to have a meal that you don't track or is higher in calories, fine, no problem. But don't see that as an opportunity for you to eat as many calories as you possibly can and start again tomorrow because that's when it becomes a problem. That's not a healthy relationship with food. And I feel like that is the problem. You feel like you're only giving yourself permission to eat that particular food on one particular day of the week. And that's when you're like, oh, well, I might as well get as much of it into me. And there's some coaches who will actually tell you, have whatever you want whatever you want and I I don't tell people what to have but I don't say I say girls don't eat something just because it's the most amount of calories or because you feel you can never have it again I don't think that's the right mentality to have I think that literally promotes binging and then you're stuck in the cycle again because you feel so guilty for having all, all, all the food that the next day my favorite breakfast is oats if you eat a large Domino's pizza with cookies, garlic bread, all that jazz. Your stomach is in bits. There's no way you're waking up the next day and you're getting back to your oats. There's just no way you're doing it. You're not going to feel good. Like you're just not going to feel okay. So that's what I would say to people is like, you have to break the cycle. And for some people tracking your food, like some people are against this. Some people are for, for some people taking away the trigger foods at the start actually helps you have a little, a little bit of control and there's different approaches work for different people tracking your calories may work for people who suffer with binge but it's not tracking for 1400 calories a day it's tracking an adequate amount of calories and it's getting into the habit of going past the calories when you're tracking them so I often say to girls track the meal you're having out and even if it's a thousand calories over track it because by you tracking that and seeing that it's having no effect on your progress then you're like ah ha do you know what I mean you start to get an epiphany of of realizing that if you have a day where your calories are over by a thousand or two thousand it makes zero difference does not affect anything so that works for some people some people tracking their calories is just a big no-no like actually seeing how much is in things and for me I actually hired another coach and 
me tracking my calories in a gaining phase was a trigger for me. Me weighing myself in a gaining phase was a trigger for me. I had to move away from that. If I knew that I was putting 2,500 calories into my body, I wouldn't eat it. I'd be like, no. So it was like, I can't do that. Whereas if I just didn't know how many of the calories were and I was having food intuitively, that was fine. Do you know what I mean? So this is where I strongly say to people that there's different approaches for every single person. Some people work well. And this is where get getting a coach for a month doesn't help because in the first month you're trying to figure out what actually works for you and you might have to change and adapt the plan a bit so you should get a coach that kind of relates to you and stick with that person until you find something that does work and binging you'll get triggers again and again and again and at the start you might have loads of little slip-ups that's okay but all you're trying to do is reduce the amount of times you're binging you're not going to come on board with somebody and get rid of binging like that that's definitely not going to happen it's like you've trained your brain for years or for how long the binges have been going on that if you're stressed you turn to food if this you turn to food so you have to retrain your brain that that's not a habit to do and that's not the way you're going to cope so it does take a long time to come around from that but what I suggest people do like you have every time you get a trigger. You have two options. You either sit with the binge and I suggest taking out a journal and journaling your thoughts and actually recognizing what has gone wrong in my day. Has something triggered me? Has my boyfriend given out to me? Am I upset? Am I around my time of the month? What is actually happening? Did I skip meals? Did this? How is this trigger arising? If you cannot identify what's happening first, you might be able to overcome it. And then if you recognize that, right, I, I either sit with the binge, recognize what's going on or I binge what happens if you binge you feel guilty and you feel like shit so you're binging because you feel like shit but then you're feeling like shit afterwards do you know what I mean and it's like once you start to actually sit down I talk a million miles an hour but once you start to sit down breathe figure out what's actually going on in your head it might help a lot yeah and that comes back to that whole kind of creating the gap thing um that I was talking to someone about that yeah like when like what's what's triggering the binging some sort of really strong emotion and like you said if you like you mightn't be in the headspace but if you can to journal and try and figure out what what's causing it like reflect on your day what's actually triggering this emotion but even if you're not you're not in the headspace to do that creating a gap between the emotion and the reaction and like you said sit with the feelings or if you know some people just can't can unbearably just can't sit with those feelings and that's why it's like oh my god I need to eat do yeah. something else instead before you eat put in something else put in oh, I also, yeah I say to people like there's loads of things that you hear like have a bath do this do that I'm sorry but if you are feeling so stressed if you feel like your fella I remember like oh my ex used to do my head in if he was stressed me out the last thing I'm gonna do is go run a bath and have a bath like no way you're not gonna feel relaxed yeah but you're also not gonna feel like journaling either because you're just too erratic at that time so sometimes I say go out and go for a walk get some fresh air change your like environments like just try change things up um by going out and going for a walk exercise actually helps too but by going out and getting a walk and listening to something positive to distract yourself for a while definitely can help um and then the other thing that I actually find that's amazing and this is for people that don't even suffer with binge and just if you're stressed in general is go on to YouTube type in mindfulness Med- med- meditation and type in calm or like anxiety or something like that and just listen to it and this is not meditation for where you're going to sit down and go hum you're not doing that type of meditation it's just a meditation where you just listen to your own thoughts you're listening to this person's voice and you're just trying to get like out of your head do you know what I mean and then you're in a more positive mindset to go about your day like there's loads of hacks that people can do I also find that the more people give themselves permission to eat the foods they actually enjoy, like the more they tell themselves it's okay to have this, it's okay to have that, the less that that food becomes so like, ah, I need to get it. Because if we go back to years ago, like, I don't know what, what it is. If you think that you can never have something again, you're going to eat more of it. But the more you give yourself permission to eat that, the less that that's going to happen. So like, 
I absolutely love chocolate. I used to binge on chocolate. I always say to people that was my trigger food, right? Now I eat chocolate every single day. It has to be in my plan. It has to. And even when I get a coach, coach at the moment for these four weeks, I was like, do not take away my Oreo grenade bar. Like, don't take that out. Because if you take that out, that's too restrictive for me. And I know my boundaries now. Like, I literally am like, no, 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 no. That's when I'm going to be like, ah, give me this. So I feel, I feel like for people, it's important that at the start of, of their plan, remember we were at the talk the weekend, Kate, and Ben Carpenter and Zoe were talking about at the start of any plan, you should write out your non-negotiables. Yeah. My non-negotiable would be chocolate. My things that people can take out, pasta, rice, couldn't give a don't really care about that. Pasta and rice would be a non-negotiable for me. And we were talking yeah. about this. Yeah, we only crunchy food. And I'm like, no, I need pasta. <laughs> yeah, mine would be my pita breads, my grenade bars. Um, and I don't mind making swaps. So like, I'd be real. I know there's some people who could never swap like a Coke for a Diet Coke or their milks for plant-based milks. I'd be that type of person. It's like, that's grand. That satisfies me. But I think it's important to sit down at the start of your fitness journey and be like, this is what I'm not giving up. I have girls that come on, they might drink wine. And they're like, do I need to cut out the wine? And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to make you depressed. I'm trying to better your life. So maybe just reduce the amount of wine. Girls that on the weekend, they love having a Chinese. Have your Chinese, but your Chinese is not a free for all to eat as much of it as you possibly can. Do you know what I mean? It's just about the balance really. like Yeah, and fine. Like putting your putting the time into like the journey to figure out what does work for me? What doesn't work for me? What are my triggers? What are my non-negotiables? Like it's going to be different for everyone. So like one person, like wine at the weekend might be completely ruining their whole week. So that it's like, do you know what? It's actually something maybe I think I, I need to stop for a while so that I can get these good habits in place or someone else like that might be like, I don't think I can, can do that one takeaway I think I need to just start making fakeaways for a few weeks and you know so like and like you said that can be temporary it but it depends and um like I do I think it's really important when it comes to foods that you enjoy like on a daily basis we need to have something in there that you enjoy and I know that I've often have clients who are like I need to cut it all out because I can't control myself I'm like no well we need to find a way I I don't think cutting it all out is going to work long term I also think you touched on like the alcohol there and I was talking about trigger food sometimes alcohol can be a trigger for over eating and binging like that can trigger lots of people so what I say to people is that if you know a lot of the time it's not the calories from the alcohol that's taking you away from achieving your goal it can be what comes after that are you feeling very low for a couple of days? Has your mo- has your motivation dropped because you're after having a couple of drinks on the weekend? Is this going to be repeated every single week where you're taking two days out of a seven-day week because you want to have a couple of glasses of wine or whatever it is? Then you might have to sacrifice that for a while until you get to this point or you get to a happy place where you can start bringing it back in. And I think that's so important for people. Like if they know that these are things that like they cannot have a normal amount of without going completely off track, then maybe put a pause in it. Or one thing that I actually get a couple of my girls to do who suffer with binging, and if they find they can't just have a Domino's, right? Because Domino's is actually a trigger for a lot of people. That's why I keep using that as an example. But if they find they can't have the Domino's where let's say they're having an entire pizza, garlic bread, cookies, all that jazz, I say swap for a wood-fired pizza. Because wood-fired pizzas are not made the way Domino's are. I don't know if anybody here has ever Googled what's in a Domino's base, but there's a reason why it's making you eat that amount. Whereas if you get a wood-fired pizza, it's made from all like natural ingredients. You're not going to wake up the next day feeling bloated, feeling icky. And the quality of the ingredients, you might find that you'll have a couple of slices and you'll be satisfied. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not... Or even if you do eat the whole pizza, it's probably like the base isn't as heavy. It's you, yeah. you know, the thinner base. If I you eat a whole wood fired pizza, and yeah. I feel fine. I yeah. feel and you're full, and you're like, okay, I've had I've had eight or nine hundred calories, yeah. and it was worth it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And you wake up and you get on with your day the next day, like million percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you something in relation before we finish talking about 
binging. Oh yeah. So in relation then to like, to your recovery from this, because it's, uh, did you have to go and like actually get help or did you hire a coach? Because like, it sounds to me like what, what were you like diagnosed with bulimia? Was it an eating disorder or was it like, was this ongoing or? It was never diagnosed, but I definitely think I had a touch of everything. I think I had body dysmorphia at one stage. I definitely think I had bulimia. And then, like, I definitely think I had a lot of things going on. I definitely think I had issues in terms of my mental health as well, 100 million percent. Like, not feeling as if I was good enough and feeling like I had to be this body to fit in or whatever I definitely think I had all of that I did try to get a coach to help me go in a bit of a gaining phase and what I found that this probably won't work for everybody the biggest thing that worked for me was stop tracking my calories eventually at the start I did track just to get into a rhythm of things first then I stopped and then I literally threw out the scales didn't weigh myself for a year or two because I find if you're weighing yourself all the time when you're trying to gain a bit of weight that's not good because you're so used to watching the number going down all the time that when you see that going up your head's like oh my god what is going on and I remember I think I went from 49 kg and I moved to Dubai I was kind of lucky because I changed my whole environment so I moved to um Dubai. I first of all started working in a gym in Dublin where the lads were absolutely amazing and they kept telling me like, no, you need to do this, you need to do that. And they just kind of like hyped me up loads. So I think having people around you that support you and kind of make you see things in a different light will help a lot. So I didn't have a therapist, but I did have people who were amazing. And then when I moved to countries, I moved to, to Dubai and just being around people living with people who were eating normal amounts of foods, who weren't tracking it every day and weren't thinking this, this, and that helped me massively, like massively. Um, And then I just fell in love with training and stuff. And I feel like when you change everything, if you stop training just for your physique and if you train to actually get that bit stronger, I was never strong in the gym. I could never do an ordeal. I could never do half the shit that everybody else was doing. And it was because I didn't have enough food. I wasn't functioning properly. When I swapped, when I moved to like Dubai, I worked in a gym. I started teaching classes. I started seeing everybody else in different body shapes and stuff. And I just fell in love with actually just training, like training for fun, but also training to get strong. And like, it's actually mental because even though I wasn't focusing on my physique at the time, my physique naturally changed to what I probably wanted to look like anyways, just by literally just listening to what like my body loved. And I think I tried to neglect the fact that I love food. I think I, for for years, I kept telling myself, I don't love food or I can eat this and food is feel, food is feel, but it's there to be enjoyed. And I think for years, I kept telling myself that. And my granddad would be the first one to tell you that if my nanny brought in a chipper bag in our house years ago, my eyes would light up. I loved food since when I was a baby. Like I was always obsessed with food. So the biggest thing that I want to do now is teach people that it's okay to be into the gym. It's okay to have physique goals. It's okay to have this, but it's also okay to love food and it's okay for food to be a big part of your life. Kate, we knew this when we were away the weekend. You're not massive into food like me. I'm a foodie. If I go to a different country, I'm Googling the menus being like, what can I get? Do they have truffle? Because unfortunately we can't really get truffle in Ireland. It's really hard. But I'll be Googling the menus. I absolutely love food and food's a massive part of my life. And I want to teach people who love food that they can achieve their goals, still eat unbelievable foods and get results. Yes, there's going to be sacrifices. Yes, they can't have Chinese every day of the week, but you'll come to actually, when you do have your Chinese, if you're only having it once a week or once every two weeks, you'll enjoy it a lot more if you have control, if you actually know how to eat things and still look the way you look and feel healthy. A lot of people who are eating takeaways, three takeaways a week, feel like shit. And I say this to people who go away on holidays to to all you can eat hotels and stuff blah 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 yeah okay you paid for the all you can eat do you want to have a nice holiday and do you want to feel good or do you want to be, feel sluggish and full for the entire holiday and I think this is where people need to change their minds that they need to just enjoy foods enjoy life enjoy their training and not constantly feel like shit or feeling this battle 
with fails. I think you do that so well on your page, though. Like anyone oh, who doesn't, anyone oh, who doesn't oh, follow oh, Lauren, if you're a foodie, go and follow Lauren's page. I'll share it in the show notes because you put so many tasty recipes. Like I'm looking at your page, I'm like, where does she even come up with this stuff? And um, that it's great because you are like you do. You're promoting health, but you're also promoting that you know eating healthy can be fun, and that there are creative ways of really enjoying your food and. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say definitely you're like you are communicating that really well. Healthy. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because when we were away, like it was it's true. Like I'm very much a uh, food is fuel. I'm like I like my I need to know where my next meal is coming from because I don't like being hungry. I get really hangry. So I'm like you're like, where are we? Eat? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care as long as it's at two o'clock or whatever, you know, like I that. Know, like, like, oh, I know there's a lovely tuna thing that I've yeah. already probably Googled before we yeah. came here. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm obsessed. Yeah. I love food. Cause I also think that like I, I I know that it's fuel, right? I totally get that. But I think like I don't know. I I probably just always gonna be like this, and probably just always gonna love fish. But that's good because a lot, because a lot of people are the same. So it's um I think it's very it makes you very relatable to be like you know I love food. I'm a foodie, and this um this is how you can achieve the body goals that you want to achieve and yeah. still enjoy the food that you enjoy. Yeah. So um let's talk before we finish up talk a little bit about training and exercise because I know um for you that your coaching is very you very much like to focus on nutrition mindset um because like it is that is let's say that's kind of 85 percent of everything really and then movement comes in there so what I know you probably train you train probably differently to the way you coach people let's talk a little bit about that because I know you're after getting into CrossFit recently as well which we could talk about too okay I love the gym like I always have and I'd always go to the gym like even before I was PT or a coach or anything like that like I genuinely love the gym when I was younger in school I absolutely hated PE but it was because I was overweight I used to get like my mom to write me notes and I was so shit at it all that I hated it for years then I went through that phase of doing all the classes and the spin classes and the boot camps and used to go to Westwood and Clontarf Oh, they've actually opened up a new spa there now that I probably will be going again. They finally reopened it. But um, I used to go there and I'd be doing like class after class after class, but I never got results by doing all the classes. So then when I started on my PT course and stuff, I started getting into resistance training, which is basically weights. Um, And previously to that I was the same as everyone else thought that weights make you bulky weights are for men was scared of the machines and stuff in the gym all that jazz didn't know how to squat didn't know how to do anything like that so I just abided it until I done my PT course and then I got into lifting weights lifting weights is where you see results because you can actually apply progressive overloads and you can see a difference each week and although a lot of women don't like lifting weights when you actually start lifting weights and when you learn how to do it, a lot of women will like it. Not everybody, but a lot of people will feel empowered at the fact that they can eventually do a barbell squat or whatever it is. So I always try to encourage people to at least try at the start. I have a lot of women on my plan who literally only focus on steps or they might go to Pilates or something like that. Like it's not essential. You don't have to go to the gym to lose weight, but it can be really good for your mental health. And it does help you get that more lean and defined look. If I'm a young girl, who's already skinny and comes to me I'm like realistically you kind of need to lift some weight do you know what I mean like you don't really need to do much more eat the right amount of macros watch your your calories etc sleep da 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 but you need to be doing some form of resistance training to get the results that that person wants recently I get into CrossFit purely because when I was younger I was in a car crash and I had whiplash sentimental so I'm afraid to do handstands or anything like that could never put my legs above my head so I just want to overcome that fear I also find by doing the CrossFit because I'm absolutely crap at it it actually makes me see how clients feel when I'm probably making them go to the gym (laughs) or making them try something new I'm like oh my god I can't do it why am I so bad and I'm probably the worst in the CrossFit class I go to like an advanced well I think it's advanced but I go to an advanced CrossFit place so everybody's better than me but it's definitely taking me outside of my comfort zone but yeah I would say that I train because I enjoy it I probably train twice a day sometimes, but not not to achieve a physique, more so because I actually genuinely enjoy training. Like I love the gym so much. I find it really difficult to take a rest day. Um, but yeah, I think that's what you needed. 
And I think when people hear, oh my God, she trains twice a day. It's important to remember that most people don't need to train twice a day. And what me and you do is very much a desk job. And you could have like dozens of check-ins to do every day. You could be literally sitting in front of the laptop for the whole rest of the day. Bar your, your sometimes like my two gym sessions a day could have took one visit yeah. to the gym. I just like to split. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, to get a little break cardio and then walking on a treadmill answering dms and stuff do you know what i mean like don't see that as oh my gosh you got to gym twice a day or sometimes what one of them could be a pt just going through skills with a crossfit trainer it doesn't always have to be like ah like i'm not jumping around like a mad thing i think that's where people yeah. think so yeah. so yeah and the th- do you know the thing that i love uh, loved about crossfit and like that I would have been very much a beginner in CrossFit when I started and would have by no means been really good when when I stopped doing CrossFit but you know I, I did improve steadily over a few years and um, was learning that's it learning to train it, it became about what I could do and not what I looked like and I loved that and just the belief in myself because you'll know from having spent the weekend with me like I'd be quite cautious about everything like I'm a cautious kind of person so throwing myself into like sweaty workouts lifting heavy weights like was like it just it taught me how to push myself I would never have pushed myself that far out of my comfort zone I much prefer the gentle approach and it was really good for me that way and I learned a lot about myself that I could take forward from that I'll probably return I kind, I always kind of said if I got into CrossFit when like in my early 20s I'm like I'd have been so good <laughs> no I wouldn't really have but I would, I would have stuck at it but like I do find that I suppose with my busy schedule now and I just I, I needed I got to the stage with CrossFit that I needed to do a lot of accessory work like to to get I needed my back to get stronger I needed my hamstrings to get stronger my shoulders were like you know like, were I'm lucky Kate at the moment that I have time to do a PT session as well because the extra PT session yeah. just going through the skills and the form works wonders exactly like, oh and you see, the thing the thing is I was at the stage I was like I don't have time I'm building a business I'm making a career change I'm you know three kids yeah. I'm like I don't have time to do CrossFit and the accessory work to go with it so I was like I'm just gonna stop now I'm really happy with what I've learned from this and I'm going to go and I'm gonna get strong and that's what I've been doing now I'm like maybe I'll go back you never know I'm not sure but um at the minute yeah, I'm you have your right. muscle memory you'll just bounce back yeah. into it but very much what I go to the gym for is nothing to, I know like I'll, I'll always take a little picture in the gym put on my stories just to be like yeah look we're being consistent we're getting to the gym but it's never about what I look like for me like it's very much and it's okay to go to the gym with a goal of looking a certain way absolutely but for me personally it's I want to be strong I want to feel strong I want to uh, feel healthy and like yeah just give myself that that best chance as I start to get older as well yeah definitely yeah. Right, last question before we finish up. What does the word health mean to you? Health is different to everybody. If you've like, I think health is not just, health is everything. It's your, it's how you move your body. It's how you feel in the inside. It's your mindset. It's everything. Like, I think, like, I don't even know how to describe the world's health, but it's like, do you wake up every day? Do you feel happy? Are you alive? Can you move? Are you energetic? Are you blah, blah, blah? Like, that's what health is. Health is not having a six pack or it's not being a size 16. Like, it depends. Health is different for absolutely everybody. Like, you could be a 16 and you could be super healthy. You could be like this and you could be super healthy I don't even know how to describe health because I feel like it's literally just a combination of everything but nobody else can give you the definition of health what's health to you could be completely different to what's health to somebody else and as long as you wake up and you have the energy to go about your day I think you're healthy yeah yeah and that's why I asked this question to everyone because I think it's so interesting because it is so different to everyone and I do think the one thing in common that everyone seems to have is it does some way tie back into happiness which is interesting and oh my god Kate like anytime I'm sick I freak out like that is my worst nightmare I hate hospitals I had a mini heart attack last year this is not even yeah I ended up in hospital I had to get an ambulance and to me that literally had alarm but 
bells gone off in my head because I thought I was so healthy and I was couldn't understand what was going on to this day I don't even know what it was we had all the tests done but it is like that to me is like could you imagine if your health was taken away from you like if you could not get up and do what you wanted to do each day this this is why I say health is being alive and being able to just go about your day imagine you couldn't do that like some people do not have that like that is horrible I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse. I think your health is probably the most important thing in your life to everybody. And I always say to people that if you feel as if you're not happy and you're not healthy, try to figure out why and try to work on that ASAP. Yeah, we tend to take our health, like we all take our health for granted until something happens. And it really, like we do need to prioritize it. It needs to be our most important thing. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. This was a great conversation. Thanks for soon. Thank you. Okay, everyone, it is that time of year again, and I am going to mention the C word. So, the last Nourish, Move, and Shine program of 2023 is on sale now so it's going to start on the 23rd of october and it's going to run all the way up to christmas so if you want to look your best and feel your best coming up to christmas and uh, make sure to grab a spot you can go onto my website or even if you go through any of my social medias the link in bio will bring you to the sign up and spaces will be limited because it's just little old me doing the coaching and everybody gets an individual check-in so I need to be able to have the time to check into everyone so once the spaces are gone they're gone so hop on it quick and you won't know the time you know how quickly Christmas comes around so you might as well be putting in the work and the structure now and you'll be feeling amazing by Christmas so Nourish Move and Shine is my group coaching and it's specifically designed for busy ladies so I am a mum of three as you know I know what it's like to try and balance everything and do everything. It's impossible. Um, it is, indivi- as I said, individual check-ins each week, but it has all the perks of one-to-one coaching, but with the support and the community and the atmosphere of group coaching. So it's an all-around win-win. Um, it's suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes in their lives, anyone from beginners to anyone who's just looking to reset back into healthy habits. Um, it's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. Um, it is about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories or hand portions, food lists, step goals, at-home workouts or gym-based workouts. Totally up to you. Some people don't even do the workouts. They want to focus just on the steps and the nutrition. And that's totally fine. Mindset work, app access, WhatsApp group support, one-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. We do fun challenges. We do measurements and progress checks every four weeks. And there's weekly check-in forms, as I said, to fill in. And you'll hear from me individually each week. So it is €199 for eight weeks. Like I said, last one of the year. So jump on it. Don't miss out. And I promise you, not it this is not just a diet this will change your whole outlook on your body on fat loss on health and fitness in general you will move forward in your life with a whole new mindset and with the tools to be able to continue on your journey um in a healthy balanced way while actually enjoying your life so like i said hop over to my website which is katehamiltonhealth.com or any of my socials at katehamiltonhealth and book your spot for the gone.